Thanks for joining us for Journey Living with Shannon Meyer. Journey Living is a radio broadcast featuring the Bible teaching of Shannon Meyer, whose passion is to help women walk with God through the trials and challenges of life. Now, here's Shannon. How many of you would say that when you hear the words, what do you need, you find that they are often some of the most sought after sound that you could ever hear, especially when you're going through a difficult time. We all go through seasons of need, and sometimes they're more serious than others. Today, you may find yourself in a very troubling season of life. Others, maybe not so much, but still have needs that are pertinent to our everyday lives. One might need a new car before the one you're driving gives out. Some of you may need to look for another job as the finances are just too tight and are barely making ends meet. Maybe there's someone else that needs a cleaning lady or to hire someone to help them manage the house. Someone might say they need to get to the doctor and find out why they've been having this continual pain. There might be something serious going on here. Another might say they need to get on a new exercise plan because they're watching and feeling the aging process come at them way faster than it ever used to. And finally, someone else might say they need to get on a budget and get their finances in order so they can plan for their future. And all are really good needs to tend to. But a lot of us have a hard time differentiating our needs from our wants. Often we feel as though we need something. But if it came to life and death, we would quickly see it was only a want to satisfy our flesh. As God's been working on me with areas in my own life where I choose to see it as a need, He has helped me realize to really look at it and see if it is as important as I make it. It often comes down more times than not, just a want. I hear all the time statements like this, and I bet you do too. I need a new phone. I need a new wardrobe. I need a new fishing pole or some new shoes. I need some new golf clubs or a new job, or maybe I even need a new boss. Others have been, I need to finish my education. I need to get my kids into gymnastics or I need to quit smoking. And all again can be legitimate areas of our life that we need to tend to. But could I suggest today that if you were to do a study of your needs and wants list, which would be greater? What can't you live without? Now, many of us right here would say, I can't live without my phone. And I'm with you there. Me too. But in all reality, what is the most important thing to you in your existence and survival? and for your best life possible. But we all are familiar with Philippians 4.19, and it says that God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. What is that saying? Well, it's a promise that God will take care of you. He knows what you need before you even ask, and he will supply you with everything you need on this earth and even in heaven. He owns everything. So if you need it, it won't be a problem getting it to you. But many people claim this verse without knowing its true content. We're going to look at that today for just a few minutes. It's very important that we do not simply take a verse out of the Bible and apply it to our lives unless we know the story around it and how it came about and what context that we can claim the promise for. Again, most of us struggle a great deal with knowing the difference between our needs and wants. Most of us don't have to worry about money, but we do. God says, I will supply your money needs, but you'll have to be willing to trust me. Most of us want to be free of relational friction and strife. But how many days are there than not? 
do you have to deal with a problem in a person that you're in relationship with? I know we want to live carefree and not really worry about a thing in the world. But that, friend, just simply isn't reality. And many times it's our flesh crying out that we need something to satisfy the longing of yet another craving. Take food, for instance. How many of you have a craving for a salty something mid-afternoon or chocolate after you eat dinner and say, I just need a bite of chocolate to curb my craving? How many of you have the craving to shop every time you see a new sales sign flash before your eyes? Well, hopefully at some point in your life, you will come to the conclusion before it's too late that enough is enough of the material things of this world and realize that the gaping hole you feel inside just may be because you haven't fulfilled your greatest need yet, which I might add will satisfy every single craving you will ever have. God is the only one that can fill every desire of your heart. Take the money problem. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He never lacks in his bank accounts. He owns the bank and all the money that's in them. Maybe you're lonely and you really need someone to love you. God says, I'm the one who will always love you, no matter what you do. I will stand closer to you than a brother. He not only gives you his love, he is love. Maybe you need to be healed. He says that by his stripes, you are already healed. Whether here on this earth or in the heaven, you will be healed, friend. Whatever your need, your God has already planned to fulfill that need for you. Our downfall is that we don't take him at his word. And when he doesn't deliver in our time or in our manner in which we think we need it, we often turn to something else or someone else to fulfill the need. And when that doesn't take care of it, we many times need even more. Listen to what David says in Psalm 86, starting in verse 1. And listen to the tone of this passage. Because I kind of feel like David's in a really needy place in his life. It says this, Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. David is crying out to God and knows that he is his resource for everything. Verse 5 goes on and says, You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy when I'm in distress. I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. David knows where his source is. I would venture to say that David is in great deal of need here. And he's not only telling God what he needs, he's also reminding himself that God is all-knowing and all-giving. We oftentimes need to remind ourselves when we are on a search to fulfill our needs in, a, in our own ways that we will fail miserably. If you need to talk back to God and remind him that he is the only one, then do that. Remind your own mind. No one and nothing is greater than God. If someone were to ask you to travel to the other side of the world and you could take only one thing with you, what would it be? When you're placed in areas of this world where materialism is not a problem, you quickly can rectify the need and the want dilemma. What if I told you today that your greatest need are only two simple things? What if I told you these things can and will solve every problem you have 
They will bring healing to every health condition and resolve the worst of relational problems that you will ever get involved in. They will resolve your financial woes and even your unanswered questions that you have when you need to know the answer. These two things are very simple. They are the word of God and prayer. Somebody might say right now, well, there's way more to my needs than that. That sounds really good for a church sermon, but I'm in dire straits here. Well, let's just think about it for a minute. When you're in your greatest crisis, what do you turn to? When you have been handed a poor bill of health and your future is now hanging in the balance, what do you do? When your marriage or children are in terrible trouble, where do you go? I'm really hoping the answer to all of these questions are to the word of God and prayer. I certainly know that when I'm facing a crisis, my need for a new car is diminished. And my need is not to go get a new phone, but to get some answers from God. When the wheels seem to be falling off at record speed in my life, I certainly don't need to go get another pair of shoes or a wardrobe. I need to get to my Bible and get on my face and start praying. Let's just think about the moment in the tragedy of 9-11 where the terrorists blew up the Twin Towers. Wasn't it interesting how everyone went home? They hugged their kids a little tighter. They loved on their spouses a little more. And grievances weren't so big after all. The churches were flooded in weeks following those attacks. It didn't take any of us very long to get our priorities in order, did it? We could quickly realize the difference of need and want in this situation as our lives and well-being were at stake. But also, sadly, little by little, and after the war was waged in the Middle East on those terrorists, we came back home and found that after the threat was over, we didn't really need to go back to church every single Sunday. We didn't need to pray so hard to God after all, it seemed. We were going to be okay. We didn't seem to think the severity of the situation was quite as important as it was on that tragic day on September 11th. Something interesting happens when the catastrophe is over and we get comfortable again. Our needs are not quite as important as our wants were. I want to look today at the difference and see if we've gotten off balance just a bit and learn what is most important and what may not be at all. God knows what is best for us and what isn't. Again, let's think about David, for instance. We know him as a shepherd boy who nearly was overlooked in 1 Samuel chapter 16. God sends Samuel to the home of Jesse in Bethlehem, where he informs him, this is where you will find the king in which I have chosen. All of the sons were present to Samuel, except David. As Samuel looks through all of the boys, he says, are all of the boys here? And Jesse said, no, they're still our youngest, but he's tending to sheep. And he was brought before Samuel, and he then is anointed. Later on, we see when David encounters the giant Goliath, and he wins. And then Saul becomes insanely jealous toward David and tries several times to kill him. And then finally, God puts him in his position as king, just as he had planned. All throughout David's life, whether he was being intimidated because of his size or running because he was scared for his life, one thing remained the same. He needed the Lord to be on his side. He knew that, and although he made terrible mistakes along the way that cost him severely, he always knew that he could go to God and God would give him everything that he would need. And this is where we can see all through the scriptures, and especially in the Psalms, where David cries out and need to God for help and protection. 
Psalm 69.33 says, The Lord hears the needy and does not despise his captive people. I know many times we ask for personal things that matter to us, and we may get a great sense that it's not important in the big scheme of things. But here it is, that God will hear our cries for our neediness, and he won't despise us for asking. Just a few more chapters over in Psalm 72, verse 12, it says, For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. Friend, are you looking to be delivered from something today? Maybe a chronic sickness or an abusive relationship? possibly an addiction. God says, if you cry out to me, I will deliver you. If you're afflicted and see no way out, you are the one God wants to help the most. He says, just cry out to me. So what is your need? Where do you need to cry out about? What in life seems to be dragging you down, wearing you thin, making you depressed? What leads you to despair for you? Is there a financial crisis that's leaving you destitute? Are there people that you need to get away from that are bringing you down or making you do things that you know God would not have you be a part of? If I could change any of those things, I would certainly try to do that and help you. But I know someone who can because God is in the business of helping all of those in need. Remember, Jesus came to save the lost. And when you are lost, you need to be found. And many times that can be before something bad happens to you. Jesus said, I came just for you. Jesus didn't come for those who have it all together. No, he came for the broken and the wounded, the sick and the outcasts. Every miracle we read in the Bible that Jesus performed was with someone in great need. Start at the beginning and go all the way through to Revelation. When God did a miracle, there was someone's need met. Israelites needed the Red Sea to be open when the Egyptians were barreling down their back. We see Elijah being fed by ravens. Nehemiah needed help rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Jesus' own mother needed more wine at a wedding when they ran out. And Jesus did that, made her more wine. He fed over 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread when the people were hungry after listening to him preach. You see, wherever there is a true legitimate need, God is there to help us with them. So I would have to ask you a personal question, though. Has God ever not supplied every need you might have had? I didn't say every want you might have had, but every need. Because the point is this, God always, always, always supplies all of our needs. He promises to. You can ask countless missionaries or pastors how in the world they do God's work without his provision. They will all tell you that God some way, somehow supplied everything they ever needed. I think we tend to believe if we don't have the best of the best and not driving or wearing the latest trend, we have somehow gotten shortchanged. And that is a human perspective. And that's the difference between our wants and our needs. God says, I've placed you in a home with a roof over your head, food to eat, clothes to wear which reminds us of Matthew 6, 25 and 26. So my counsel is this, don't worry about the things like food, drink and clothes, for you already have life and body and they're far more important than what you eat or wear. Look at the birds, they don't worry about what to eat. They don't need to sow or reap or store up food for their heavenly father feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than they are. When we are in our greatest hour of need, we turn to the Bible and pray all the time. 
But when things are going pretty good and all of our wants are also being taken care of, we tend to back off in those areas of our spiritual lives. And that, my friend, is when we should be praying and searching God's word the most. Because most likely when we think we have it all together, we are more than likely to fall. We have to remember that there isn't a need in this world that prayer can't fulfill. There isn't a need in this world where the word of God can't help you either understand or cope with it or bring healing to it or even resolve it. God says, ask me anything. And if it's according to my will, it will be given to you. Now, does God do this on your timetable or his? Well, his, of course. Does he meet our needs in the way we expect them to be met? Not always, but nevertheless, he meets them. I know people who were on their last bit of food and just when they wondered how they would ever feed their children the next day, a bag of groceries were found on their doorstep. What if our need isn't tangible, but we need an answer. We need to know what to do in a certain situation. We have to make a decision, possibly a life or death decision at that. How do we know how to make this one right? All are great needs that we need God to help us with. Follow this thought for just a moment. If God knows about all my troubles before they came, and if God has a hand in my troubles, and he does, because in Isaiah 45, 7, it says, I form the light and I create darkness. I make peace and I create evil. The Lord creates all things. Then we have to know that God causes the things to work out for good. But it also stands to reason that God has taken the necessary steps to meet our needs before they ever arise. God is not shocked or caught off guard like we may think. He saw it coming long ago. Think a minute just about an expecting mother. She now carries a fetus inside her belly for nine months. She knows that there's going to be many needs for this little one. She plans and prepares for the newborn. And the same is true with God. Just like the newborn baby that has no way of knowing what it's going to need when it arrives and is at the mercy of the parents. So is the same with God and us. We have no way of knowing what lies ahead and what our needs will be, but God does. Just like the mother and father of the unborn, baby gets busy doing everything they can to be ready when the child arrives. So does God on our behalf. God is the same to all of us. He sees the future and makes the means necessary to take care of us. What we don't often like is that we must have patience and be willing to wait on God and his provisions. Many times we don't think that God is working in our timetable, so therefore he isn't working at all. That is not God. The truth is God has already met our need before the need ever arose. Remember, our job is simply to wait and trust in him to meet those needs. Listen to Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from them who walk uprightly. Somebody needs to hear that today. Some of you think that God has held out on you, that he for some reason has not granted you the good life. You may think it's because of your past or way of life, but it says he withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. Now that does not mean this is only for the one who lives perfectly because no one does that. It's for those who are in right standing with Christ. Our righteousness only comes from his blood and sacrifice. He is what makes us right before God. So if you're a believer and have surrendered your heart to Christ, you are upright and in right standing. 
Let's take that just for a moment. Your salvation. Was there ever a greater need that your soul needed to be saved from a life of hell for eternity? Long before any of us were ever born, God had planned to rectify the need that we would be a lost people and would have to send his son. He sent Jesus to die on the cross to take care of that need so that we could be made whole and right in him and through him. As I read earlier in Philippians 4.19, at the beginning of the show, we see that God's promise was to meet all of our needs. It's here that we don't ever want to take it out of context, like I said. But we can't just throw that up to heaven and expect God to provide for our every whim. The promise from God is conditional. The Philippian believers had sacrificed to give to the missionaries and Paul. And this is where God says to them that he will supply all their needs. That cannot be lifted out of context and make it to be what you want to say. A lot of times we want God to bless our mess. We expect God to bless our homes and our jobs, yet we neglect to tithe or follow his principles of giving. If you're doing what God asks you to do and you're doing it to the best of your ability, I believe God will bless you with so many things you need and more. We can't be disobedient on one hand and expect God to fulfill his promises to us on another. Again, in Matthew 6, verse 31 through 33, it says, So don't worry at all about having enough food or clothing. Why be like the heathen? For they take pride in all these things and are deeply concerned about them. But your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well what you need. And he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. Some versions say, Seek first the kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Either way, God says, You make me first and I'll give you what you need. But back to my earlier statement, the only two things that we need most often are prayer and the word of God. Well, right here it is in Matthew. It proves that when you put God first in everything you do, he will see to it that you're taken care of. Again, another promise with a condition. But that usually is how we find God in our lives. We often make our own choices and decisions and want God to bless them. But what if we were to go to God first and ask him what he wanted or needed from us? What if he needs you to do something for him, but you're too busy fulfilling your own agenda? Would you consider that you may be having all these problems because you're out of God's will for your life? We can't expect God to fulfill the needs that will ultimately hurt us in the end. God doesn't work like that. He does what's best for us, whether we agree or not. Sometime this week, I would love for you to sit down and make a list of your needs. Bring them from the heart. I want you to keep them close by for about a month. Look at them at the end of each week and see after you dig into God's word, if these truly are a need or are they simply a want on your part? If you do your part, make no mistake about it. God will do his. You can trust him and see. For those things that don't make the list at the end of the month, don't throw them away because God does give us the desires of our heart, even those wanted things. If they have stayed on the list and you now find it is in your want list, it will probably still be very important to you. Talk to God about it. Ask him to either remove the desire if it's not from him, or if it stays, ask him, is there any way that he can do something about it? God very well may want you to have something, but he first wants you to get your priorities in order and then you will find the right way to get it. Maybe it is that financial decision and you'll put yourself on a budget and start to save for that new car. 
Or maybe God will nudge you to start taking better care of yourself as your body will not continue to hold out if you keep abusing it with little sleep and poor eating and no exercise. Or maybe you're looking for that long sought after answer that you really need to know what to do in a certain matter. I'm just sure if you would dig into God's word, he will reveal something to you that will help you make the decision his way. He may lead you to someone who will confirm the answer or even lead to a solution to the problem. Either way, you will find yourself in God's word and praying like never before. This is the way God wants to help you in your time of need. Don't be too busy or too distracted to get away and find out what he has for you. You are really doing yourself a huge disservice when you neglect your time with the Lord. He knows you need to be with him. But he leaves that entirely up to you. So once again, I ask, what do you need? Make the list and see what God reveals in your heart. And see if you just don't start crossing those needs off one by one and see God taking care of you like never before. Not because he has neglected you in the past, but because you have turned your eyes to him and seen him work through the eyes of someone who has their priorities in order and recognize that he has never left you or forsaken you. God loves you and he wants nothing more than to bless his children. But it's up to us to seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things will be added. Take God at his word. He will never disappoint you. Thanks for listening to Journey Living with Shannon Meyer. If you would like to hear this program again or request Shannon as a speaker, visit journeyliving.org. Join us again next Thursday morning at 9 a.m. for Journey Living with Shannon Meyer, right here on Shine FM.